Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I'm your host, Justin Lamb. This is episode 55. Yeah, I got it right. I'm joined by my friend, John Kosas. Hello. Hello, I, hello, hello. I call him the Kosas with the Mostis, which doesn't make sense or apply to anything. It could be called, <laughs> I, you know, I've been called many things by my last name. I've actually, when I was in high school, they called me Psychosis. Oh, I like that. Yes. How did I not come up with that? We used to work together, though. I know. And all I do is nicknames on people, because that's how my head works. And I'm sad that I never thought of that. Uh, we got a good show today. We're going to talk about uh, more 90s music and, and some really bad stuff. <laughs> and maybe good stuff, depending on your taste, but in my opinion, for half of this, you know, some bad stuff. Some of it's cringeworthy, I yes. can say. Yes. Um, and then I have a delicious beer right here from Michigan. As you know, we have a bunch of Michigan beers because getting beers outside of Michigan is sometimes difficult to do here. Indeed. Uh, but I'm not going to spend any more time on this because I want to jump into the beer. So we'll take a little break and then I'm going to open these up. Psycho female blowing up the phone line. You need to tighten that screw. It's been loose for a long time. I've been slammed with some bad luck. Soon I'm going to bring you doom with the buck. Buck and now you're ducked up. Go so right loose with a 30 off freestyle. Label hot style by my profile. Must be all the madness. All right, we are going to jump into the beer because when it's noon on a Saturday, it's time to drink. I believe that's what they call beer o'clock. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Or as alcoholics know it, morning. Yes. <laughs> uh, today we have Oddside Ales out of Grand Haven, Michigan. This is a nut bandit. It's an imperial brown air. Brown air. It's delicious. Brown. Uh, imperial brown ale with natural hazelnut flavor. It is 9.25% alcohol. <laughs> Did I not tell you that? Um, Funny this, story, yes. <laughs> the specific bottle was made on October 17th. I love that they put the dates on here now. I started calling out liquor stores like a little bitch and being like, oh, your beer's expired. This is like two years old. Um, yeah. Does it get alcohol in it? It's still good. Yes. Well, some, <laughs> I've gotten some, like, uh, I think anything under probably like 8 or 9% doesn't stay very well. And I've gotten some, like, 5% beer. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe they have this in stock. And then I get it home, and I open it, and I pour it in a glass, and I go to taste it. And I'm like, the fuck's wrong with this? And it's like, oh, I look at the bottle, and it was made three years ago. Oh, They still yes. have it in stock because they, like, found it in the back. <laughs> I remember at one point I was at this um, this liquor store when I was doing some brewing back in the day. Gosh. Brewing? You did your own brewing? I did. Yes. Yes, and I was terrible at it. <laughs> I was absolutely atrocious at beer brewing. But anyways, the gentleman there, he was really into this, uh, into beer, but he actually showed me he had a 50-year-old bottle of beer inside there. You keep No, you keep telling your story because okay. I'm going to get something while you do oh excellent i can't wait so yes um it was a place out in uh well south southern area southeast michigan and the gentleman there he was like i have to show you this and i went there and it was a 50 year old bottle and if i i wish for the life of me that i could remember the name of the beer but it was a golden lager but as far as a coors it could have been i mean honestly it but it, he said like he tried it and he said you'd think that it would taste disgusting but he said it tasted fantastic it's like, you know, I always thought that beer was one of those things that didn't get better with age. Yeah, but. I can't imagine, especially like the old, like, tin canned beer. Oh, yeah. Well, I just put two bottles in front of John that I was given by two different people, oddly enough. 
Both are Strohs from Detroit. Oof. Uh, and I mean, I don't know the age of those. I would imagine. You gotta be at least 40 or 50 years, 40 years at least. I mean, it looks like the old old style for what it looks like for Strohs. Yeah, and that other one with the gold top oh, and the yeah. weird shaped bottle. The champagne of beers. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I wish, I, I don't know if there's a year on there. I don't think there is, but yeah, I can't it's definitely see interesting. Either way, yeah, it's find very something cool. Online. But no, I would never in my wildest dreams think of opening this and drinking No, them. <laughs> no, I think that's one of those things where, you know, I don't know, you have it more for like, just to say, to have it as a treasure. Yeah, I imagine if I hold those up to the light, you'll just see a lot of solids on the bottom. Yes, I would imagine it's probably like water and then alcohol. And there, yeah. that's basically it. It's just split in half after it separates. Delicious. And on that note, I'm going to open this up. Excellent. <laughs> Back to odd side news. Back to the modern beer. Um, oh, hey. Title of the, title of the show. This is a little callback. Oh, you probably need a bottle opener, huh? If you don't mind. I'm a selfish son of a bitch. Yes, there you are. Go. Let's see. Uh, it's a brown ale, like I said, so obviously we got a nice dark color. Not thick, really, but... Delightful. Oh, that really does. That fills the mug up <laughs> quite a way. Hmm. I can definitely taste the hazelnut. See, do you you get the hazelnut? I do. Do you get it like a, a, in the front or when almost you on the front? Like it was immediately the first thing I tasted was hazelnut. I think I, I've I think lately I've just been drinking too many barrel aged beers, and so the first thing I taste in any like imperial beer is like the alcohol. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. No, I can see that. But I mean, like in this case, you don't. What it's, you said it was what nine point two five percent alcohol. You know, I in my case, I didn't really taste the alcohol at all. Yeah, like, it doesn't uh, taste strong to me. It just goes seems like smooth. The more I talk with it now on my breath, I can kind of taste the hazelnut, or maybe just smell it. I don't know. Is that, is that weird to say? <laughs> I don't know if I smell it so much, but I definitely taste it. Yeah. The, so this is Nut Bandit Oddside Ales Imperial Brown Ale with natural hazelnut flavor. Uh, they don't have an IBU listed, so you can go ahead and check Untapped if you want. But if you want to see a picture, they'll <laughs> little squirrel with a little robber mask. What is that called? Is there a name for that kind uh, of mask? Burglar mask? Yeah, I'll give you that. Robber mask, burglar mask. <laughs> it's the same thing, yeah. I mean. Um, Outside Ale's always famous for their, their drawings. There's actually a beer I almost got that, I don't know if it's an offshoot of this. I imagine it is, but it's called Hazel's Nuts. And there's a, a lady in drag on the front. Um, so I don't, maybe it's just a bearded lady doesn't matter it doesn't matter i like the name and it's 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 very clever oh, well I'm, I'm i like hazel's nuts myself hazel's uh, nuts i'll have to get that one for next time but this is nut bandit imperial brown ale natural hazelnut flavor and and it is delicious that's pretty good good job outside as per usual so we'll keep drinking this and get into the main topic of the episode you We're going to move on. Main subject tonight, today, 
whenever you're listening to this this morning on your way to work, I don't know if I could listen to a beer podcast on the way to work. I'd be like, ooh, I, I would just wait for the end of the day. Uh, we're going to talk about new metal, which I and some people define as aggro metal. I called it aggro when I was in high school. Did you? Uh, you know, I don't really know if I had a term for it. I know it was rock or we called it metal, at least granted in my high school. Yeah. But um, as far as whether it was new metal, aggro metal, you know, Rap rock. You know, yeah, and new is spelled N-U for all you cool kids. Yes, new. <laughs> uh, see, I just remember we called it aggro because I was in like the punk scene, and this was all stuff that everyone that was all in super into the punk scene hated, and they were like, oh, it's fucking angry poser music. Well, that's what I, I mean, like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I was kind of in the same boat as you. I was more of a punk, like, anti, like what was the social norm yeah so in that case they're like any uh, some of these bands were obviously good but at the same time like you were like oh my god it just sounds so yeah so it was like corporate if you will it was a uh, high school and music or different difficult time especially if the music was the source of your essentially your identity and the group you hung out with right like i was i was trying to be cool with the punk kids, but at the same time, I was like, uh, "Mo Money, Mo Problems" is a fucking bomb ass song. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and then I, you know, bought Corn's album, which is one of the bands we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah, some of the bands that that you could relate to this this new metal. I can't talk. I can't call it that. It's so weird. New um, metal. Corn, Limp Biscuit, Stained, Godsmack. System of a Down walks a fine line here, and if you read any um, interviews with any member of System of a Down, they will say like, "We're not any genre. We we cross genres," which I don't disagree with. No, I neither. I think they were very original. But uh, I think the the band that really came out and founded this new kind of almost like a it turned into like a rap rock sort of genre a little bit. Yeah, I'll read the definition real quick. Uh, new metal or agro metal is a subgenre of alternative metal that combines elements of heavy metal music with elements of other music genres such as hip hop, alternative rock, funk, industrial, and grunge. Which I mean, you could really say anything. Is that, that, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> basically like saying yes. Yeah. New metal is literally music that has all different types of music in it. Ah, of course. But Corn uh, came out in 94 with um, their self-titled album, which included Blinds, or Blinds, <laughs> you know, like you're on your windows. Yes. Uh, included Blind, which I sometimes play if there's a drum kit, because the beginning is just a cymbal hit, and that's all I know how to do on drums. Uh, shoots and Ladders, Clown, Faggot, I'm sorry, I don't like saying the word, but it's spelled different, and it's a song name, so sorry. There it is. Um that album premiered at number not premiered but peaked at number seventy two on the Billboard two hundred. I do remember that the the intro to Blind was one of the. Um, I really enjoyed that intro. It oh, because that's it, like it a hype such, up. It was, yeah, it just it got you going. Yeah, it just like you, you know if you were working out or something like that, or you're about to do something crazy, you're like, this is the music to get yeah. yourself pumped to, like where you're going to get into a mosh pit or something. Anything that starts with an angry, like, are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'll probably throw that in the show. You guys might have already heard that song, and if not, I'll play it right now.
but it's a uh, yeah that's that's super super high energy song and i think that's one of the things that got people starting to get hooked on that band um and shoots and ladders i didn't know this until i was researching this was nominated for a grammy which i don't even remember what song that was i can't honestly i mean you'd have to play it for me yeah. to understand it because i, I remember blind remember. clown faggot i don't remember shoots and ladders i do not remember shoots and ladders but apparently it was nominated for a grammy yes uh, didn't win <laughs> But uh, two years later, 96, Life is Peachy came out. I was less of a fan of this album, even though this is the one that like really sealed it for them. Yeah, no, that's true. It did kind of get them uh, into the limelight. Peaked at number three, had Twist, Adidas. Can't forget about Adidas. All Day I Dream About Sex. Great song. Great song. <laughs> and then again, <laughs> this is No Place to Hide, which I can't remember how that song went, but that's the other one that they nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> All those, all those songs that we've never heard of apparently were just so awesome they got nominated for a Grammy. Who knew? Exactly. <laughs> um, and this is, I think, around the time when they... I don't, I don't know if they started working with Limp Bizkit or just saw Limp Bizkit for the first time. But I, you the, know, I know that they were... I don't know if they were on tour at that point yet. Like, as far as... Well, Limp Bizkit... So, Limp Bizkit's $3 Bill Y'all album. I'm going to jump around now. I'm okay. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if I go with a timeline, I'm not jumping around at all. Because um, that came out in 97. And that had Counterfeit, Stuck, Faith. Uh, Faith, which is amazing. And we covered in many bands I was in in high school. Because mm-hmm. um, why not play George Michael and then scream a lot at the end? Exactly. Um there, I went to Warp Tour in '97. Well, I went to Warp Tour like for four years running, but uh, it was '97 or '98. And this Warp Tour, one of the samplers that I got there had "Stuck" by Limp Bizkit on there. Okay, never heard of them, but I was obsessed with that song because uh, it was like a little hip hop with the lyrics, and then it was super angry and crazy guitar with a. Uh, the hell's the guitarist's name? Wes Borland? Yes. Yes. Who Wes I think he and I think he wrote like all the songs. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like and then Fred Durst came in and sprinkled yeah, words sprink, like Nookie. And, and then yeah, sprinkled some <laughs> hip hop and a little some bit of rap in there yeah. as well. Um so I heard him there, which another fun fact on that same sampler, which I have, because I don't throw things away apparently. Uh as you could normally see, I'm sad John's here because I was telling him we were gonna sell our house and there's a box behind me and it is filled with a lot of miscellaneous 90s stuff that used to be oh. <laughs> sprinkled all over these walls, but I took it down for the sale. Uh, anyway, <laughs> another band on I that. I would have bought the house sampler. Yeah, still there. <laughs> I thought the bar was going to be a point of contention, but everybody has liked it that has seen that. Who doesn't like the bar? The bar is amazing. I think the bar is amazing if you're coming over to the house to like hang out, but I don't know if I would come down here and be like, not necessarily the bar, but like the back wall that you guys can't see, but I'll. I don't, I'm not going to describe it either. I'll put a picture up. Or you can actually search through on my Instagram. You can find a picture of it. But I, uh, it's, a, it's a big lit up wall. But it's actually framed out to code to where you can put drywall over it. So, nice. <laughs> so if someone doesn't like it, that's fine. Hey, um, it looks beautiful over there. I'm branching off a lot now. Uh, the sampler, though, that I had from Warp Tour that had that Limp Biscuit song on it had a Puddle of Mud song on it. And it was like... They're from their demo track, and Puddle of Mud only had one D back then. <laughs> oh, <story>. that's right. <laughs> this is before they added the second D. Anyway, so Limp Bizkit, uh, 97, and 98, I believe before Follow the Leader, Korn's third album came out, 
they started their Family Values tour, which because '98 was the first tour. I imagine it's when did I didn't put a month? Did I? No. Um, did you ever go to a Family Values tour? I well, here's I'll just say I was kind of a dork in high school. Yeah, um, I never got to go to the, any of those big shows because my parents wouldn't let me go. Mm. I was kind of a dork. I always wanted to go to the Family Values tour because you know, outside of the Corn and Limp Biscuit, I also wanted to see, and even though it's not on your list here, was um, Rammstein. Oh my God, they're so good! Yes. Like, well, they were so their, good. Their yeah. first album was amazing. Yeah, and live. Uh, so I went to the 98 Family Values Tour, and that was at the Palace of Auburn Hills, which no longer does much of anything. Nope. Um, and yeah, Rammstein was there, and that was uh, their first tour. Ice Cube was on their tour, too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> which was super cool. I mean, my brother was more into rap than I was, but he's three years older than me, so I knew about like all that shit way before I should have. Like, uh, I believe the lyric that always stuck with me growing up when I was probably way too young to know it was... <laughs> So deep, I put her ass to sleep. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ice Cube. Thank you, Ice um, Cube. And then, obviously, old NWA shit. But uh, Family Valley's tour, Rammstein. I, why didn't I include Rammstein? You Maybe. know what? I, I don't... Would that be classified as... I guess that is... It does fall under the new metal category because it doesn't feature industrial... Because it is heavy, yeah, heavy metal with Heavy metal with an industrial and, tone to it. I'd say even, yes, yeah, even some grunge. Fuck it. But yeah, they there were... They performed their stage show that has gotten them banned from countries and states in within the U.S. Um, where the lead singer simulates fucking the guy in the ass on stage. Which is, come on, it's a family values tour. Come on, it, it goes values. hand in hand with that. Um, the dick he uses is a dildo that is hooked up to some sort of spraying system. So then he sprays the audience with, with comfort. That is <laughs> Uh, that's gotten Classy. them kicked out of a lot of places. I couldn't imagine why. Uh, I think it's Massachusetts is the state they're not ever allowed to be in. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, think, you know, you, you, it takes quite a bit to get banned from an entire state. <laughs> and I, th I, I only could imagine what I'd have to do to get. I banned think they're banned from Canada for that same performance. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that's that's the risk you take when you're a foreign band touring. <laughs> What's your stage well, I mean, like their their album, you know, their big hit was "You You Hate You Hate Me." Yeah. So I guess apparently, uh, Duhast Mish, <laughs> so good, classic. Um, yeah, they were on that tour. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, Limp Biscuit, I was I was such a big fan of that first album, and uh, I mean, you were you say you weren't a Limp Biscuit fan? I I liked Three Dollar Bill, y'all. Three Dollar Bill, y'all. When Significant Other came out afterwards and they kind of got where well, they went really really big pop music yeah. i kind of started lo you know losing yeah. interest right in there i actually you. owned the album and i listened to it entirely and actually um i also liked it specifically because there was a secret track at the end of the album where les claypool from primus was on it oh nice yes so that was one thing also the big reason why i liked it because i was also a big primus fan les claypool one of the greatest bass players of our generation uh, if not the best <laughs> yeah it's a little ridiculous what, like six-string fretless bass? Six-string, seven-string. Yeah. He makes his own bass, like, in you know, the thing. I could go all day about Les Claypool, but I'll... <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was looking up Primus when I was doing this research for this show, and obviously that doesn't fit into the new metal genre, but I had no idea. Like, I knew Pork Soda first, and I had no idea they had, like, four albums before <laughs> that. I was like, what? Yeah, they've been around since, what is it, 89, Nine? 88? Yeah, they're, well, they're, yeah they're, I think they formed in, like, 88 or 89, and then their first 
album came out in 90, early 90. Yeah, it was 1990, if I remember correctly. I had a whole when, sheet of them put together, and then I was like, was, okay, this is... <laughs> yeah, it was Suck On This is when it first came out, and then Frizzle Suck Pride. On This. How dare you? Excuse um, me. So at the same time, more fun facts that I learned. Uh, I'm jumping around again, I'm sorry. Stained released uh, self-released their first album called Tormented in 1996. So that was before $3 Bill Y'all. Same, same year as Life is Peachy from Korn. Um, and they actually had the song Mud Shovel on there, which ended up being like their big hit on their second album, which was released in 99. But uh, the cover of Tormented, you can't really see it that well in this picture, but it's a Barbie attached to a crucifix. Um, and then there's some other miscellaneous uh, terrible Evil things in there. Yeah, stuff. and they tried to get Stain to tour with Limp Biscuit to open for Limp Biscuit, and Fred Durst was so offended by I the did cover hear that story. Yeah, he was like, "I don't want this. They're, these guys are like Satan worshippers. Screw these guys." And then when they actually played, he was like, "Oh no, they're really good." And so, and they ended up winning him over with music. Music, it's, it's you know, you can and save he, everybody. So this screwed me up, too. And then they're like, and Fred Durst signed him to Flip Records. Fred Durst has a fucking record label? Apparently. In, in like, 98? Yeah, I was look, <laughs> looking it up myself, and I was like, I didn't realize he had his own record label. Well, that's the thing that, like, the things that became slowly uncovered when I was looking at all this stuff is, apparently Fred Durst, like, outside of being this total douchebag, <laughs> is apparently a really successful business person and like within the music industry. He's kind of like the Nickelback of new metal. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not something to discuss right now, but oh, I don't understand. No, I mean, I don't understand. And I'm, a, I'm with this party of people, but even I don't understand it myself. Like, why they're so hated. I know. <laughs> I don't know why I hate them so much. They're just, they're just trying to be a bunch of bros, just, you know. It's very strange. Getting hardcore, you know, being hardcore. And you know what I really love by them, and I think actually it was probably from the 90s, maybe. Their first single, uh, Old Enough. Do you know that song? It does not it. sound like anything else they ever did. And I think that's probably true of a lot of bands. You like, even like, uh, our Lady Peace, you listen to some of their super early stuff, and mm -hmm. it's nothing like the more melodic, like way better produced older right. <laughs> stuff. Um, it's kind of like Sugar Ray when they were, when they were done as a heavy metal band. Well, yeah, so Sugar Ray was actually classified as new metal with their first album. Oh, that's right. Yes. Lemonade and Brownies. Yes. Yeah. Green Machine. Yes, that's yeah. I do remember Green Machine because I remember the music video. And there that. was a super hot chick on the cover of that album. Yes. Lemonade and Brownies. Yes. Great, great that. album. Sugar. Yeah, Sugar Ray. And then uh, even their second album, Floored, most of the tracks were pretty like hardcore, but then obviously the single was the was uh, Fly, yep. which, which was they, more they like just, reggae. Yep, which just essentially changed their entire yeah. genre of They're like, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me we can get a lot more money if we play stuff like this? Yes. And then, All right, sold. Yeah, and now we got Mark McGrath hosting... What does he do now? I don't I know. He was on like, uh, not E, what's the other one? What, VH1? No. Uh, it's not not TMZ, obviously, but mm. it's one of those like Hollywood news shows or something. Entertainment Tonight or something. Yeah, something. Something Damn where he's, Mark a, he's a reporter for some entertainment <laughs> news organization. And then he hosts random crap. I feel like he like is a host on some game shows or he's probably been on like dancing with the stars or i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i would not be surprised yeah sugar ray lemon and brownies i didn't put it on here but that was definitely uh one of the early ones that combined a little like hip-hop influence with some heavy metal music mark mcgrath 
where did you go wrong? What happened, Mark? Um, so back to corn. Yes, Corey. <laughs> uh, and follow the leader '98. So if you were like a big corn fan before this came out, this was a really cool album, and I don't think anyone else has ever done it before or since. Um, their first album had 13 tracks, I believe it was, and follow the leader. Their third album they released as a follow-up to their first album so the first 13 tracks were blank they kept them on there but the music didn't actually start till track 14 interesting or it might be 12 and then started on 13 either way but yeah if you have the cd and you put it in there's 12 tracks that are just one second blank tracks interesting. and then the music starts so they looked at it as a complete continuation and that i mean that album they gained the popularity of Life is Peachy. That, I don't know if I mentioned it. That was number three on Billboard 200. And then Follow the Leader was number one. Uh, they won a Grammy after their two nominations. They won a Grammy for the Freak on a Leash music video. Which Got, I always thought was like one of the best music videos. That I've was the cartoon like. kid, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, from the cover of the album. Yeah, Freak on a Leash, Got the Life, All in the Family. All in the Family was the song that spun the Family Values tour. And All in the Family, I think, featured like Fred Durst and uh, maybe Ice Cube, a couple other people. Like it was, it could have been. It. You know, I, I do kind of remember that. I, I'd have to pull out the old Jonathan Davis, lead singer, Corn was oh in the family. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Now I do. Remember. Um, yeah, Corn was an interesting band too because Jonathan Davis. Like, if you listen to the songs and listen to the words, a good like measurable percentage of his catalog is about like being molested as a child, which, uh, and then the song faggot is actually him about him being called a faggot all through high school. Cause he was listening to like in excess and wearing eyeliner and shit. And people are mean in high school. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yes, uh, they are. So that I, I mean, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to save this bottom middle one for last. Cause that's probably the best one on here. Yes. Uh, and I'll move, I'll move along to something I do not like. I don't know your feelings on this, but Godsmack. They're okay. I'm not going to say that they're bad. I will say that they kind of went the same way, in my opinion, as Limp Bizkit did when, you know, A Significant Other came out. Yeah. Where it became really, really popular. And I think it was just the fact that, like, I don't know, they're from Boston. And they, just, they were just, they were <laughs> hardcore and, like... I will actually say, though, um, even though it doesn't necessarily fall under the category of 90s, but I saw a live video of theirs where, um, God, what's the lead singer name? I forgot his name offhand, but he's actually a very good, accomplished drummer. Oh, really? Yes. He actually can play the drums very, very well. Um, like, they did a thing where him and his actual drummer of the band, they did, like, a drum solo, like, you know, duel yeah. on stage well, with drum each other. drum off. Yeah, drum yeah. off between <laughs> each other on stage, and I thought that that was actually really... I was, I, it gave me a little bit more respect for him as, yeah. as a result. Um, but Godsmack, they're okay. I mean, they, they, they did, you know, their song was featured in a lot of Navy commercials. <laughs> so I, was the, I was in the Navy back in the day, so I do remember their songs for that That's reason really specifically. Funny. So. Godsmack came out, well, this album, I mean, I feel like this album came out in 98, but it, like, didn't really reach fruition until 99 or 2000, because even the song Voodoo on there, which is, like at this point, notably probably the number one song from the album, um, that didn't become super popular till like late '99. I do remember that because uh, MTV actually did when they did that. What was it that scare show or what was it called? It was like where the, the people go into the, the buildings where they're supposedly haunted, 
the theme song oh, for that God. show was Voodoo. Yeah, what the fuck was that show called? It was something like... I know what you're talking about. Oh, what the fuck was it? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Um, but my, So, one reason I think I don't like Godsmack, uh, I tended to, especially once I got to high school, I hated everything my brother liked. <laughs> and my brother was uh, like getting super into working out and like bodybuilding and so he listened to all the like high energy songs he's like yeah it's fucking godsmack's great and he's like fucking godsmack bro and i started playing guitar he's like oh you play voodoo justin i was like fuck you man <laughs> i hate you um yeah godsmack i was never a fan of i just felt like they kind of went against the stuff that i was trying to uh get more into like i was at this point i was getting way more into like pop punk and ska and i was like fuck god smack um but that album went four times platinum and only four times platinum but 22 on billboard 200 uh keep away it's a good song i think that was if i remember correctly that was the navy that was the navy song that they used in the commercials nice yeah keep away or whatnot uh yeah, and I, like I said, these songs will be sprinkled in here at some point. See if you can identify which is which. Yes. Um, after that, though, we wrote, we talked about it a few times already, but Significant Other by Limp Biscuit came out in 99. And this is the song that had Nookie, Break Stuff, Rearranged. I uh, did it all for the Nookie. So, fun story about that. This was number one on Billboard 200. Um, when I was in high school, I did the announcements, like the morning announcements. And... I didn't know what Nookie meant. <laughs> and so one day at the end of the announcements, I went, so this is Ted Koppel, and I did it all for the Nookie. <laughs> and I got in a bunch of trouble. Oops. <laughs> and I had to apologize. And it turned out to be like this hilarious thing because I, I was uh, yeah, I said Nookie yesterday, and I wasn't supposed to say Nookie. I didn't know what it meant. And I just ended up saying it like four more times in my apology because I... Uh, at least you learned your lesson. <laughs> exactly. Class clown, folks. How you doing? Um, so that was 99. Also 99, Stained finally had their first studio album, which was Dysfunction. That, once again, like I said, had Mud Shovel on it, which is a stupid name for a song because I don't even know if he says those words. I hate when songs are... I mean, I get the artistry of it. I'm a musician. Like, I get it, but I can't identify a song if the title is nowhere in the fucking exactly. song. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... Who knows? It's frustrating. Damn. Suffocate. They only Damn talk about artists. they only talk about breathing and suffocate. I mean, yeah. They... Yeah. See, it's just trying to fuck with us. Um, but that I mean, that's the album that essentially launched Stained, and they had a pretty successful career. The first what five six years of the two thousands. I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know what any of these fucking bands are doing now. Stained, I believe. Aaron Lewis, he's like a country musician now. What? I believe he is. I know he went on a solo thing or whatever, but I believe he went country because he thinks he's now Johnny Cash or something. Well, because around that same time, he did... This is one thing that MTV, of many things that they shouldn't bring back. This is one thing I think they should, is the MTV Unplugged Sessions. Yes, I So many that. good things. I mean, you think like Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, like some of the best versions Alice of their Chains, songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alice in Chains had a good one. I'm not even a big Alice in Chains fan. I loved Alice in Chains. But yeah, they... Uh, so many great versions of their popular songs were from the unplugged sessions and stand was one of the people that did that. Um, far away. So far away. Is that what it's called? I think so. Now that we're here so far away. Yes. Um, I heard that acoustic version of that, I think from the unplugged sessions, that was really, really good, but it's just nice to hear that stuff broken down, especially as someone that when I graduated high school and 
moved out and started playing acoustic guitar. I was like, I'm going to still like this punk music, but did you guys hear about this John Mayer guy? Yeah, John <laughs> so, Mayer. Uh, I loved hearing those acoustic versions of songs, stripped down versions. Um, and then I guess the last thing we'll, we'll get to on here is, I mean, you want to introduce it? This was one uh, of your this, bands. This was one of my jams from way back in the day. And it was funny, actually, because what happened was I got into them. I was on a trip with, uh, to Maine with my family. Oh. And my brother brought his friend along just because he wanted to bring a friend. Older, younger brother. Older. Okay. Older brother. And he, his friend told me, he's like, dude, you like Primus, right? And I'm like, yeah, I love Primus. And he's like, you should listen to this band called System of a Down. Yes. They sound so much like them. And I'm like, all right, I'm down. I got to try it. Listen to this. I was sold pretty much right after I heard Sugar. Yeah, Sugar's so good. It's such a hardcore. I mean, it gets you pumped, but yeah. it's such a badass song. And, like, all the songs are great. I mean, like, you know, the, the way that they put a twist on, like, their, their Armenian culture yeah. on their metal, it's, like, yeah. it's amazing. Like, one of their best albums was their self-titled album that I, I always enjoyed way back then. Yeah, 1998, System of a Down, um, Sugar Spiders, a really plethora of really great songs and the stuff that Serge can do with his voice oh my god uh, like yeah. the melodic tones he can spit out in like half second bursts is yeah just no he has an amazing voice absolutely you know like and i'm not a I just i'm not I, what was it that i was gonna say like Serge, he just happens to, he can just change his voice in so many different ways but just like in terms of the tones of the music that he has yeah. and like the melody that he has with um what's the, i always forget the guitarist name that he always sings i with. do too but I'm the way that they to they, they harmonize with each other, it's amazing. Just yeah. like hearing how they to, you know how they sing together. Well, yeah, I mean, and and obviously it came out after this, but uh, Toxicity, you can hear that whole album is. It's like a harmonize. It's harmonies and metal. Yeah, <laughs> just perfectly married together. But then they use such weird instruments on all their albums, like from like you said, Armenian. Like they use a lot of native instruments and then mix them in with just random shit like i don't know probably it's probably a kazoo in there i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i'd have to look it up but um, i'm sure yeah they they do such a, an amazing thing and that's why we were talking about this earlier i don't know if that's going to be in the show or not if that was during a break but anyway um about how uh in interviews they don't class yeah they don't classify themselves as any genre and they don't like to be like lumped into any genre because they do so many different things that's almost hard. I mean, I don't think they'd be like, yeah, we're reggae. Like, I don't know. No, exactly. <laughs> and that's, I actually, that's what I appreciate, appreciate about them as well is the fact that they don't, they don't give a shit about yeah. who, you know, who they're trying to appease. They're, they just making their music. The well, and they want to. it's so original. Yeah. Like there's to, still to this day, like there's nothing out there that I would be like, Oh, that's, that's a lot like system of a down. Like, no, there's no I don't system think of there's a down is the only band that sounds like system of a yeah. down. <laughs> and you could go through all these and name probably five or six different bands. Even if they're spinoffs that sound just like the other bands. But yeah, System of a Down is System of a Down. I do want to touch on the, the band that John brought up before we started this, which is oh. Power Man 5000. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I did not listen Rob to Rob Zombie's Man little 5, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Power Man 5000. Power Man 5000. Well, as I said, it was um, it's features, I forgot the gentleman's full name, but they called him Spider. And he was the little brother of Rob Zombie. And they came out with a song called um, "When Worlds Collide," which was one of my favorite music videos because it was a weird all. It the was only like, song that anyone knows about. Yep, when Worlds Collide, because in addition to obviously being a badass song, there was an old school arcade game that MTV actually put out, which was where you could play the drums to the music what? of such 
albums, which one of them happened to be When Worlds Collide. Wait, what game was this? It was before Rock Band came out and, okay. like, you know, Guitar Hero. It yeah. was like, um, just, <laughs> there was nothing really to it. It was just basically an electronic drum set and it would play the music and you would just play the drums along okay. with it. Now, I sucked at it, but I would still jam out <laughs> to try to win. I'd try to play When Worlds Collide. But, um,. They, that was one of like one of my personal favorite albums was um, God, what was it called? I think it actually was. I'd have to look it up now. Now that now I'm, I'm trying to remember what the hell the album was actually called, but it came out in '99. It was like one of their you know, their first album, and it was amazing. See, the, yeah, that's that was the start of my resistance to a lot of this music because it was uh, like all at the same time. You got Godsmack, you got Power Man Five Thousand, you got people like Seven Dust. And, oh God, <laughs> Seven Dust! Um, all these bands like just came out of the woodwork and you're like what what what's happening right now and i was like you guys heard the latest uh lag wagon <laughs> so, uh, uh yeah and i mean like i said i ended up liking a lot of stuff even though i didn't want to admit it to my friends and be accused of being a poser or something high school is a weird time um it is <laughs> but no i never never got into power band 5000 and they were one of the people on <laughs> this is a random reference but you remember the movie Little Nicky? Yes. Adam Sandler? Yes, I do. Uh, which got terrible reviews. And I don't know if, I honestly don't know if that movie's from the 90s or not. I think it might be. But that movie, if it, did, if it wasn't, like it was like or either late 90s or early, early, early yeah. 2000s. Uh, I thought that movie was hilarious. I thought so too. It was great. But uh, the soundtrack was essentially a new metal soundtrack. Like everything on there was some form of metal with a variation, which essentially is the definition of this. Yes. And Power Man 5000, I remember being the first track on that soundtrack, which is like the only time I ever heard them outside of When Worlds Collide. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yep. And then what's funny is like they had, they did have an album before When Worlds Collide came out. It was, I forgot the name of it offhand, but it was more of just like a regular, it, it, I think it would actually classify under um, new metal. There was a song that I do remember spe- specifically called Standing Eight. Standing the, eight. Yes. Out on your feet, standing eight, standing eight. That was, I just, that's the only thing I remember specifically about that song. What does that mean? I don't even know. <laughs> I really don't even know. But it well, was, the lead singer lost both his little toes. Apparently, and, uh, yes. Out on the feet, standing eight, standing eight. That's all you need to know. Um, but, I really want to know what that means. Though. Yes, I'm going to have to look. Now you, you've inspired me to look this up. I have to find this out now because I, I haven't heard that song in forever. So I, I, will, I will say this. Uh, anybody that wants to comment on the post about this on instagram or tweet me or anything at beers and 90s i want to know what bands i forgot about because there's if you look up this genre especially on wikipedia which unfortunately is the source of a lot of information for this show um they they they're like oh you know born bands like corn and stained and limp biscuit and many more and it, i don't know who many more is because i didn't listen to the genre so who do we miss I'm yes, curious. I need to know myself. Power Man Five Thousand is one that I missed and yes. has pointed out to me today. But uh, and then yeah, Seven Dust I remembered and I was like, I'm not looking them up. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't care about Seven Dust. And Seven Dust, I, here's a fun, embarrassing story too. This is goes back to concerned about your image in high school. So I hope you high school kids are listening to this because I can assure you it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing an ad for a Seven Dust album in Metro Times in like 98 probably when their first album was coming out and i was like oh i'm gonna go find this band because no one knows who they are yet and i'm gonna be the guy that finds the band that no one knows yet and i'm it's gonna be fucking awesome 
And then I heard how, like, I heard them and I was like, never mind. <laughs> which does bring up one thing as well that I, I just a similar story in that sense, which was my first concert was Primus mm. back in the day. What and year was that? This was 99. Oh, nice. And I actually remembered specifically right before they, the band that opened up for them literally was right before they got big was Incubus. Nice. If I remember them, um, because they were, yeah, they were yeah. just getting started out there and they opened up for Primus. And I remember I was like, I was the first guy to listen to Incubus before anybody else did. And so. Incubus uh, joined, it's another fun fact, ties all in. Uh, the last like few dates of Family Values, Ice Cube had to drop out to film next Friday and Incubus joined for the last few dates. Excellent. Um, yeah, that, oh God, that's another great band. Doesn't really fit into this genre, but damn, Incubus is great. Incubus was awesome. So I got to ask, though, Primus, I'm trying to think of the timeline. I think this works. Did they play the South Park theme song at the show? <laughs> I've been I've seen them three times. Oh, and I have never heard them actually play it there. <laughs> no, they have, right. done, they have done. What was there? There was an album of, from South Park. It was called the Chef Aid Al- Chef yeah. Aid album. Chef Aid was so good. <laughs> which was a, yes, it was an amazing. I'm sailing album. away. Still the best version. of Absolutely. That and uh, the, the mashup between what was it? Um, Puff Daddy, Mace, and System yes. of a Down with and ODB with Kenny or something. No, there was. It was like a. I forgot what it was called. Like how many something died for you? I forgot exactly offhand. But I thought there was like a, a little. I wouldn't say a verse, but something. A, Kenny had a part in that, but it was just like because fucking. It's Kenny. been so long. Yeah, I know. I just been so long since I've listened to that album, but it was a great album. Oh, fuck yeah! But um, Primus, they did perform. It was called. Um, oh, what the fuck was it called? It was it was a weird song because it was as all Primus songs yes as they as they all are but it's a great song either way because it featured Isaac Hayes on it yes. and um, what was it um, Primus they were telling about this story about Doctor Mephisto creating this weird creepy guy yeah creepy kid that had an amazing singing voice but like he was like two feet tall and he had like te- gigantic teeth and it needless to say you got to look it up it's on the Chef Eight album it's all it's the oh Primus God. song on there. Guys, someone email me and remind me to make a fucking South Park episode. God, how have I not done that yet? Oh, I will God. say that that show has changed, you know, my opinion on so many different things, yeah. but along with it just just interesting perspectives on everything. Yeah. Funny, but of course interesting either way. But like I to this day like do I remember very vividly coming into school the morning after the first episode of South Park and everyone everyone had seen it and yep. everyone was like what the fuck? Did what we- the fuck was that? Like my personal favorite was still when that show literally first came out was the hunting episode. Where <laughs> they're they coming were, right for us. Watch out, they're coming right for us. <laughs> oh my god, I have to do a South Park episode. Yes. Okay. Yes, I will be there for that. Yeah, I will uh I will begin research immediately. Uh all right, we're gonna take a little break. I think we've covered all the bands on here and then uh we'll come back and close it out. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We've uh, gotten real sad and talked about some new metal. Uh, remember, new metal with an NU um, or aggro metal, if you want. Aggro. I just finished my Nut Bandit from Oddside Ale, so thank you, Oddside Ale. Fantastic beer, by the way. Thank yeah, it's delicious. I'm going to go 
continue my day with some country strong IPA from Mitten Brewing. <laughs> it's Saturday. Screw you guys. Um, Fuck yeah. And I want to thank John Kosas for coming by. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Yeah. John, who was a, a big fan of all of these bands. <laughs> Not really. He Not liked, really. I was, I, was against, <laughs> I was against the social norms. Um, and yeah, join us uh, next week as we're doing the 12... I don't know what I called it last year. Let's just call it the 12 Milkshake Stouts of Christmas from Rochester Mills. Woo-hoo. That's going to be a shit show. and Because <laughs> it's always fun to get four people drunk on a microphone and record it. Hell yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Beers and 90s, B-E-E-R-S, and A-N-D-9-0-S. Don't use the ampersands like I think I just did in my mouth somehow. And uh, you can email me, beersand90s at gmail.com. If you have any requests or questions or high fives, uh, find me in person. And, yeah, that's about all I got. 55 episodes. Not too shabby. Found it. We pounded it. I know you couldn't hear that, but it happened. Uh, Thanks, and uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.